Hey everybody, it's Matt Powers. I'm a gardener, seed saver, regenerative entrepreneur, educator, and family guy. And I teach people all over the world how to live more regeneratively so that we can have that abundant future happen that we all want to. And so today we're talking about, you know, why do patterns even matter? Have you seen all this like pattern literacy stuff that's going around in permaculture? It's a really big deal. Have you seen it? Some people are like, oh yeah, spirals, nice. That looks real classy. And they, in their minds, they think that what looks good is the orderly straight line, the boxes. Yeah, doesn't really work with natural systems because you know nature doesn't have straight lines and corners and stuff like that. Instead, it's all, it's all fluid and, and there are corners, but they're like pointy and this way and that way and sometimes wide and obtuse. And so it's, it's all this variation. And this uniformity, you know, this beauty uniformity confusion that we have limits us because it's one pattern, really. So, patterns. These are really powerful and they're foundational at the same time. They're, 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 they seem very basic, um, but they're, they're foundational and powerful. So let's explore how that is. So for me, I, when I first learned about this, I was like, huh. And Jeff, I was in Jeff Lawton's uh, permaculture design uh, course online that it really kind of sunk in because I read Bill Mollison's uh, designer's manual beforehand. But then when like Jeff's like talking about swales and the direction and flow of water, it all sunk in in that moment. I realized that I had designed my garden so that all the water would flow right out of it so efficiently. I'd pointed all the, the, the roads downhill and then we're in Central Valley, California. Water is a precious commodity. And meanwhile, like I'm watching this, I'm getting this like terror, this like, like cold <laughs> feeling coming over. And it's like, oh dear, I must, I gotta go. Hold on, Jeff. Pause. And I like went outside, grabbed a shovel and just started digging. And I started digging up my garden in these checker patterns and filling in the rows. And, and I literally cut my garden in these swaths because it was all pointed down and had to be the opposite way to retain water. So this is, this is already after I'd planted. Things were coming up. I was like transplanting things as I was doing it. But this was a mad dash because everyone's like doing it. Everyone's talking about their success. I'm like, I can't show any more pictures of my garden now that I know. Oh no, you know, I've been foolish, you know, because I hadn't seen the pattern. And as soon as I saw the pattern and saw that I was not in alignment to it, in fact, I was helping erosion. I was helping, you know, dry out the land and stress my plants out and to call in the weeds, to call in the pests and the, the wildlife. And it, I was doing everything wrong as soon as I saw this. And so I just flipped everything right around. And I did some areas with deep swale, some areas with shallow swales. I did it all, but I, I made sure everything was flipped the other direction so that it was perpendicular to the flow of water, which is what a swale is. You can rip along that too. It depends on where you are. It depends on your soil type. Um, you should look more in detail on that. You can read about it in the Permaculture Student 2, uh, which is free for download right, on, right now on my website, thepermaculturestudent.com. And you can read more about that. There's a ton of information, very detailed information that's run through many different peer reviewers and filters 
that will give you really the tools you need to assess whether that's right for your site. For me, it was amazing. It was, it was, it was like a game changer when I did this. Suddenly the water started staying in the soil. Suddenly the plants started not being stressed out. And it just like, instead of pushing the ball uphill, it suddenly the ball rolled downhill. And it was like, <laughs> you know, and everyone was really excited. Everyone was really impressed. And it was really just recognizing the patterns and understanding that there was this pattern literacy that we could all have and that we could see out in the world around us and we could act upon and have amazing changes happen. So that's my story. And so, you know, what other patterns are there? Obviously, you know, this is a simple, this is a simple idea, this idea of patterns. There are things that repeat in a predictable way. And I didn't understand the patterns and the systems of the water cycle, of the soil, of the landscape. I didn't understand any of that. I literally was like most gardeners when you just like put it in and you do the little boxes or you do the rows and you just assume that you know what you're doing. <laughs> it's amazing how we start off as gardeners. We just assume we know what we're doing and we do it. And then we face all these like, it's, it's amazing. Most of us don't go into it studying. I, I, I dove into studying it because I was so bad at it. <laughs> you know I mean, and then everyone around me was like, oh, you can't garden here. <laughs> you can't garden here. And it was because there were so many difficult um, constraints and stresses on the garden in that, in that region. And it was really applying all these permaculture patterns, insights and methodologies, you know, those kinds of things that really help take it to the next level. So what kind of patterns are these? What, what, what am I really talking about? So like there's these patterns that we see in nature where you plant something and maybe something comes and eats it and consumes it. Um, and it's a negative pattern. Um, there, but we, 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 that negative part is, is our minds, right? Really what's going on is it's an indication of a, it's part of a cycle. There's something going on there. So the pattern really is that when that bug is coming, you wait a few days and if your system's healthy and your plant, you know, has called in the right people, well not people, <laughs> I keep doing this, um, the right um, characters in uh, the soil food web or the pollinators or the predators, you know, all the different um, groups and cycles, if it all comes together, you're gonna see a predator come and eat that pest. You're gonna see, um, the, the, the plants somehow start reacting to that, that, that fungus or something like that. And you're going to see, you know, higher antioxidants in that plant. You're going to see that, that, um, that, that plant and that soil are more robust than other areas potentially that, that didn't happen in. You're just going to see that it's part of this pattern of, uh, 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 this systemic pattern of health. But if you see the other pattern, it's indicating that your, your system is, is unhealthy. So you have this the problem, the pest comes and it destroys your plant. And you're like, oh man, that darn pest. It's like, ah, let's back up. Let's look at the foundation. Let's look at the, the, the root of the situation. And it's usually the soil isn't healthy. And if it's like, oh no, soil was healthy, soil was awesome, the plant was doing okay, but then something happened. Well, let's go back and look at what happened. Sometimes, that night there was a cold dip and that plant is like right on the edge zone wise. Sometimes um, there was like a heat spike and it hurt it. Or sometimes there was a heat spike and didn't hurt the plant. 
but below the surface, the water the the water became scarce, and then the gophers, moles, voles all said, "Where is the water? It's trapped in these amazing roots. Look at these amazing roots. Let's let us drink now before it's too late because the water's drying up. This is gonna dry up later. Let's take it into ourselves. That's the wise thing to do." And they, they eat your roots. So there's a bunch of different things that can happen that you can see and that you can tra trace down. And then you can address those things individually. All right, so yeah, it's part of a pattern. When you see all that, the signs and the patterns, I mean, recognizing whether your plant is going to call in good guys to help or call in bad guys to kill it is really critical. And it really takes understanding the foundation. So if your foundation's really good, you're like, wow, I know that this plant do, does really well in this climate. These are seeds that I've saved for five years. If you're like, wow, I know this soil is great. I amended it this year. Look at it, the structure's amazing. It smells good, wow. You might give it some compost tea that week to give it an extra boost to help with the process, but you can probably rest assured that the plant is the right kind of plant. It's been, been in this climate a while, so it knows what to do knows what it's dealing with. And then the soil looks great. I, I, I've prepared the soil, I've done the work, I've put in the time. You know at that point that you can trust in the pattern of nature too. That it will call in those protections and those reactions, those predators, and it will continue to cycle and that plant will be saved or will you know, give you better seeds that have learned that and it got through that and so now, you know, that sometimes the diseases can be passed so it really takes some studying. So make sure it's all plant specific, you look it up and understand what you're dealing with. Always exceptions and always, you know, details, right? Always complexities there. All right, so there are many, many patterns. Um, some we just seem, they seem just like organized shapes, um, but even these have purpose. For instance, like let's take a classic one, perhaps the classic one. No, not spiral. I know a lot of people were like, the spiral is the classic, you know, no, no. Actually, the wave is the classic. It's on, it's off, it's daylight, it's night. You know, it's the spinning of our planet. It's, it's all these different things, the, the wave of light the wave of sound, the wave of vibration. It's winter, it's summer, it's the seasons, it's our heartbeats, right? We see the little monitor going like this, right? It's our breathing, the rise and fall of our chest, the rise and fall of the landscape. It's also, of course, the waves in the ocean, right? And then here's the spiral, right? Classic Jeff Lawton always talks about this. You know, the spiral where it starts with the, with the hurricane causing the storms and all this stuff. And then it becomes the wave, and then at the end of the wave, it becomes the spiral again, right before it turns into chaos and then returns back the energy. So, yeah, that, the wave is very, very classic. It is the way that things are carried, the way that things are transmitted. Um, ocean, uh, you know, uh, all the rivers and streams that lead to the ocean, you know, they're meandering. And when we straighten them, we, you know, kill tons of life. We remove all the benefits from that meander, that centropic wave pattern. And so it's, you know, it covers so many different things. We're just discovering that tumors and, you know, viruses and diseases are all associated with different frequencies and people are using sound 
to treat and to re and this this is all being researched right now. You can look it up. People are very excited about it. These frequencies they're using these frequencies to treat these uh, illnesses and cancers. They're actually trying to map the frequencies, the sounds that are made by fungi to try to communicate it with it right now. So. The reality is though this pulse on and off of energy from the sun has created this wave, this wave effect throughout everything on this planet. Good, bad, male, female, predator, prey, you know, night, day, you know, it's everything, it's life. You know, we start off little, we reach that, that, that peak, you know, that, that, and then we start to senesce. And all life does it too. Um, and then the plot, you know, of a story, right? We see the rising action, the, the climax, and then it the denouement. So this is this is everything. It's metaphoric, it's pragmatic, it's actual, it's scientific, it's a micro and it's macro. So the pattern literacy, seeing all that as one thing really allows us to move quickly and fluidly through disparate media and disparate ideas in our ideas. Ideas that are totally separate and seemingly unrelated. As soon as we see these patterns, we can like line things up and look at them in different ways so that we can actually have lenses that give us new insights and new applications. And this is just a wave we're talking about. We're not even talking about spirals or you know the netting the cracking pattern and what that does you know maybe i'm getting carried away here but you know i think you see my point you know or or like the pattern of this <laughs> so if you hear someone talking about pattern literacy like the great toby hemingway if you hear people talk about you know why patterns matter why patterns matter <laughs> Understand that they're coming from a good place. They're trying to get us to see all the, the like interconnections between all these different things so that we can better design, that we can get better insights. It really is a part of everything, all these different patterns. And they allow us to organize, connect, and see things in such a different way. So I hope it's made sense. <laughs> I hope you can fit this into the pattern of your life. And as always, Grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. I'm Matt Powers. Have a great day.